1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome back. I am Andy Behrens coming to you from my makeshift fantasy war room here in Chicago. I am joined as usual by high motor fantasy expert, Scott Pianowski. And welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast presented by planners satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Oh, do you know what satisfied me today? Um, well, I'll tell you, Scott. I've actually, I've got some dynasty attachment to the Jacksonville offense, which May have seemed like a questionable decision two or three days ago, but it is looking better today because the Jaguars have taken the lead in the in the race to the bottom to draft Trevor Lawrence because the Jets pulled off an unimaginable win this past weekend. I'm feeling pretty good about all these DJ Chark and James Robinson shares. Jets fans probably have to be sick. I haven't checked in yet with our mutual friend, Mike Salfino. Hope he's doing okay.
0: Yeah, man, what a, what a stomach punch. And There's nothing fluky about that Jets win, they were the better team for three hours. Um, they have this crazy thing where they've scored on their first drive. What is it like, I think, mean, eight maybe eight oh, weeks it's, in a row. It's or like something eight like weeks that. now, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually it's like Adam Gase has a really great game plan for the first quarter and then it runs out of steam, but they were the better team for the whole three hours and it uh, it left a fantasy mark for me because I needed some Cooper Cup shares, I was promoting. Hardcore. Not that anybody was against me, but I thought the Rams' defense was like already had fifteen points in the bank. We've, and just we've, see we've talked about it. I've, I've had
1: I've had the Rams' defense and the Browns' defense. Like you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass, right, to carry two defenses for like a month. But I've I've mapped this out. I have multiple leagues where I've just been sitting on the Rams and Browns because I'm like. Boom! I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him with the with the double dose of of Jets goodness at the end of the season, and then I got like four points out of it.
0: Yeah, look at Sam Darnold growing up at age 23. <laughs> I think fantasy defense is just thrown in there just so we can have more bad beat segments. You know, just to keep you uh. in business, just to keep Scott Van Pelt in business because that's where the that's where the flukiness comes from right with the with the pitchy pitchy woo woo on the special teams with that that Cleveland game a couple weeks ago or when teams get way behind they go into dgaf mode yeah. and they start throwing the ball around and i was hoping for a whole lot of that in that game but then again i have to see the upside of it i'm a patriots fan um, obviously they they're basically redshirting the whole season but Nobody wants to see Trevor Lawrence in our division for the next 10, 12 years. And nobody wants to see the Jets having some juggernaut. And you know, the Jets have a lot of things they can feel good about. Becton might be a pro yeah. goal tackle right now. That that guy's a monster. And they have some good pieces on defense. I still think Douglas is a good GM, but it sure seems like Lawrence is ticketed for the Jags. And you know, I don't know, maybe that makes sense, right? I mean, you know, he goes. He's a southern guy he's from Georgia, right he plays at Clemson I, I don't know maybe he should be for a team that's in that part of the country I, it, it kind of not that he wouldn't have been a, a perfect fit in New York and who knows maybe the Jaguars can throw this back into the Jets court and screw up and win a game although I don't think they will. But Trevor Lawrence down south, it just it seems to make sense to me. Well, it's such a good
1: supporting cast. I mean, obviously, Chark and and Chenault and, uh, like, James Robinson is is awesome. Is, like, a cornerstone feature back now for the next two or three years. I mean, it's just a great scenario. Not that anybody had any doubt that it would be Trevor Lawrence. But if you watch the games this weekend, I, I think they certainly reinforce that it's Trevor Lawrence and then it's everybody else. Yeah,
0: that's what's really—I think that's what's really probably most frustrating for the Jets fans is that Fields played so poorly— Yeah. Because a lot of of people might have said a month ago, well, you know, we're excited about Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Fields is a rock solid number two pick. You'd feel really good landing him. I think there are some questions now about just how good Fields is. And the thing, too, with Lawrence is you would think it's, you got to figure that coaching staff is going to get dug up. So they should have a really exciting young offensive coach, I would think, who would come in there, or maybe not so young, but um, who knows? Maybe Lawrence will have some say. Maybe maybe to sway Lawrence to come there, they'll try to get somebody. I mean, I don't know. Dabo Sweeney, Trevor Lawrence package to, to Jacksonville. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see some new quarterbacks and we're going to talk about some emerging quarterbacks. There's some young quarterbacks playing some great football and even, you know, a couple of uh, second, second time around quarterbacks to talk about. So that's, that's what I'm excited about. Even though I don't like Doug Peterson, I, I, I want to, the rules are I'm allowed to root for Jalen Hurts as much as I want <laughs> and root against Doug Peterson as much as I want which seems to be where the Eagles fans that I've sampled anyway seem to be yeah. at. So, well, man, what that Hurts Murray game. What a, what a blast that was.
1: Yeah, you guys are here for pickups. Uh, it's championship week. We're going to dive right into our recommended fantasy pickups for week 16. I do want to say, as almost a public service announcement that most of you guys already know, but I, man, I, I I still get these questions. I was getting them in the lead up to week fifteen. People still asking me um, what percentage of their remaining fab they should spend on whatever player. Like, guys, we're like we're in it now. This is like, yeah, this is the winner go home time. It's all in. Like, if you need a guy, you need to fill a spot. It's all in. We're not even going to talk about fab resources here. We're not going to. We'll talk about priori- prioritization a little bit. But man, I mean, you can't. We you don't carry it into twenty twenty one or Yahoo doesn't send you a check at the end of the fantasy season refunding your unused fab, like throw it at something that you need. So that's just my little, little mini rant because I don't want to get those questions again. Um, let's start. You, you already introduced it. Like, but, I mean, there's one name at quarterback, and Jalen Hurts is still available in about two-thirds of Yahoo leagues. And yes, I realize he's maybe he's not available in your league. He's almost certainly not available in your league. Your league is too competitive to have somebody like Jalen Hurts available. Well, I will say that I am in a handful, I mean, I I consider all of my leagues, with the exception of one, it's a college buddy league, I consider all of my leagues to be highly competitive. Some of them have very short benches, and absolutely no one keeps two quarterbacks. Uh, And there are a handful of leagues out there that I'm in, where Jalen Hurts is out there. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be my QB1 heading into week 16.
0: Yeah, certainly. I haven't done my ranks yet. I I refuse to rank on a Monday. Some people (laughs) won't roll on Saturday. P and I don't rank on Monday. But He's going to be in the top five. I haven't looked at the full slate yet. Dallas is nothing to get in his way. Yeah, Hertz just had the number five quarterback fantasy game of the year, and just a couple of points away from the top spot. I also mentioned that Josh Allen's game came in at number six, three thirty eight and three passing, sixty three and one rushing. And I think we're at a point now: I, our non running quarterbacks almost dead for fantasy? You have to play so well as a passer to offset if you have no passing element in your game. I mean, you know, Philip Rivers is playing good football right now. Brady just had a really strong game, but you can't, there's just so much you can do. So there's a cap on what you can do if you don't have any rushing element or at least some touchdown equity on the ground. Those points are so valuable. The, the famous rich Re- rebar Konami code is, is what he's called it. You know, we've even seen guys who don't throw the ball well, like Tim Tebow be valuable,
1: fantasy yeah. commodities. So Hertz, You've got to to literally have the season that Aaron Rodgers is having where you're kind of sniffing 50 touchdowns, right, in order to actually throw your name into the top five in the ranks in any given week.
0: And and keep in mind, too, when we hit this part of the year next year and somebody emerges a quarterback and you already have a quarterback, just remember – when you pick up that second quarterback sometimes late in the season, what you're doing is keeping him from beating yeah. you. You're keeping him from being started against you. There would have been nothing worse than losing your semifinal game because, oh, I'm all set at quarterback. I have Patrick Mahomes. Why do I want Jalen Hurts? And then Hurts throws his 42-point what barrage or whatever it is in your league at you, and you end up losing because you didn't want to make a defensive play. I mean, sometimes you have to pick up a guy because – you don't want him starting against you.
1: Yeah, it's such a good point. I was I was gonna make it in a bit. Like even if you're the guy with Wilson, you're the guy with Mahomes, you're the whoever, Kyler Murray. Um, you're still The guy with still, Wilson. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, right. You're you're still you're like you're pushing all the chips in for for Jalen Hurts. First of all, I would you know, okay. I'm not going to start him over Patrick Mahomes. If I've got Patrick Mahomes, I'm just going to go ahead and play Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts is playing Dallas this week, and that's a like that's a full green light. There's nothing to worry about there. It was impressive what he did to an Arizona defense that has actually been quite good this year and and dropped him I think six times in that game. It, like Arizona's legit. He he put up three thirty eight and he ran for sixty three yards against them, four combined touchdowns, nearly a fifth. It, it it was just a it was a wonderful game to watch. He's obviously somebody that we're going to throw into the top five in the ranks, no question about it. And and I think he deserves to be separated from the rest of the uh, sketchier quarterbacks that uh, that we can dive into now who are, again, like, you know, everything is context based here, right? Like, I don't know what you need. I don't know that I would actually throw Mitch Trubisky, let's say, into my championship week. Lineup, But there are injuries at the position. There are plenty of super flex leagues out there. There are plenty of 16 team leagues out there. Um, Perhaps one of these names can fill a need for you. And I'll let Scott sort them out. I'm just going to throw out Mitch Trubisky, who gets Jacksonville this week. Um, Mitch is coming off a uh, four game stretch with eight touchdown passes. He runs a little bit. He's kind of frisky. He's a little bit better in garbage time more often than not than he is in regular time, but he's not going to get that against Jacksonville. Baker Mayfield is out there in over 50 percent of Yahoo leagues, and he's just straight up been great. Like he's an he's a good example of the quarterback that you're talking about where there's not a huge rushing element to his game. So he has almost no path to finish inside the top six unless he, you know, as, as he did a, a handful of days ago. Uh, throws four touchdown passes, you know, sneaks one in, something like that. It's got to be, it's got to be like that. But still, this is four straight multi touchdown games for Baker. In his last three, he's averaging 325 passing yards per game, so he's going very well. Um, Andy Dalton's out there in a bunch of leagues. He gets Philly, uh, and then we had a Marcus Mariota sighting because Derek Carr uh, came up with a groin injury, and they let Mariota run, and it was kind of fun. He he finished with 88 rushing yards, a touchdown on the ground, one through the air. Uh, so at least in a super flex, I, I think Mariota is somewhat interesting.
0: Yeah. I just, the only thing about Mariota I don't like here is I just wish he wasn't getting Miami, which is a nasty right. defense. And I'm just worried now that they'll have some tape on Mariota. It was fun to see him play again. though. I, when he came out in the James Winston year, I actually preferred Mariota and I felt validated that whole first season when Mariota was terrific. And then he, had trouble staying healthy. And then he seemed like he maybe lost his mojo, lost his confidence. He's, I don't know if he's concerned about getting hurt or whatever, but uh, things went off script for Mariota. Remember Mike Mayock, their, their personnel guy, he was really keyed on getting Mariota as their backup. He targeted, he liked him coming out of the draft. I right. still thought there was some, something salvageable here. Derek Carr's a perfectly competent quarterback, but I can't remember the last time the Raiders' offense has excited me the way it did in the second half of that Chargers game. You know, every Chargers game is kind of bizarre, macabre theater, anyway. But um, <laughs> Mariota was fun to watch. A Couple, couple of loose throws. The pick at the end of the fourth quarter wasn't great, but um, he showed that he can still play. I just, I'm, I'm not going to prioritize him here, maybe, except in a flex format, just out of respect to Miami, because everybody else on this list has a court has a matchup I think you can exploit. Look at Eric Trubisky, right? 30 points in three straight games for the Bears. It's been seven years since they've done that. Montgomery's keeping the offense on schedule. He's played really well. He's turned into a league winner. Trubisky and Allen Robinson are peanut butter and jelly at this point. Um, you get a splash of of Mooney here, you splash a commit there. It's an offense I like. Jacksonville can't really stop anything. So Trubisky is a very safe, multiple touchdown expectation guy. And I think he has the upside
1: to maybe be a top seven. If I I could just interject that, I didn't even put him in the, I didn't even put him in the program for today, but Darnell Mooney um, is really fun. Like, I don't know exactly what his, his ceiling is over the next two or three years. That kid is fast and he plays fast. He's open. He's open all the time. Yeah. You, You
0: know, you almost get the idea that Trubisky was set up to fail when he originally got the starting spot, that they kind of knew they were going to go Nick Foles at some point. They just wanted to wait until Trubisky maybe stubbed his toe a little bit. I thought the, the benching in the Falcons game was really aggressive, and they won that game. I don't think Nick Foles played that great. This Bears offense is actually watchable now. Because Trubisky can make throws that Foles can't. He has athleticism that Foles doesn't have. I mean, look, I realize that it's damning with faint praise to say Trubisky is better than Nick Foles at this stage of Foles' career, but at least he's got Montgomery going, and at least it gives Allen Robinson, who produces, we know, pretty much with everybody, it gives him a better chance at success. You know, Mayfield, we were talking about this a little bit on Twitter Monday morning. Since the Beckham injury in that Bengals game, uh, Mayfield sitting on a 110.4 rating, 15 touchdowns, two picks. Uh, they're 6-2 and two in that stretch with a 42-point loss at, against Baltimore. That's one of their two losses. This just shows you know, Kevin Stefanski was a good hire. Baker Mayfield, you saw it Sunday night against the Giants, totally in command of this offense. He knows where the ball's supposed to be. He's spreading it around. He's being extremely accurate. They, they have a nice mix of a running game with Nick Chubb. They have a good offensive line, although they lost another lineman Sunday night. Mayfield doesn't have the upside these other guys do because he doesn't run. Yeah. But I feel like against the Jets right now, you can put down Mayfield for 275, 280, and two touchdowns. That's already in the books for me. It's just a question of does he get the third touchdown? Does the Jets' offense punch back enough where Mayfield has to throw it for four quarters? The one thing that hurt Mayfield in the Giants game is the Giants did so little on offense that Mayfield didn't have to throw the ball at the end of the game. So he was just handing off. They were draining the clock. So he, he... Easily could have had 28 or 30 points, I think, if you needed him to do that Sunday night. Just the game script didn't require it. But uh, much respect to Stefanski, the job he's doing. And Mayfield looks like a, a player that we were excited about two years ago. Kind of funny that's happened without Beckham. We, we got into it a little bit on Twitter what that means. I, this is not the place to really have that discussion. But uh, you know, Beckham obviously would draw a lot of coverage if he's there. But a guy who wants to get 10 targets a week, that may not make sense in this offense. We'll have to have a long Beckham discussion before next year. Andy Dalton gets Philly. They didn't have three cornerbacks at Arizona. And you saw it. Kyler Murray yeah. did whatever he wanted. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins basically put on a clinic. Uh, it wasn't just Darius Slay. I mean, they were missing. I think their three top cornerbacks. So you're going to be watching the injury report before you hit play on Dalton. And we know they have talent there. You know, Cooper, CD Lamb, who you know, beating people with onside kick recovery touchdowns. I think it's going to beat me in one game, by the way. So I uh, was just going to ask you facing
1: him. Like I, I have this, I have this crazy matchup going on with Dalton Del Don where he, the only thing keeping him technically kind of sorta in it, is that he's got CD Lamb and that that return touchdown. Man, that was brutal. It also, counts, it also counts as a Dallas special teams touchdown too, right? Uh, I believe it may, depending on your settings. I'm not sure what default is. Yeah. I would love it
0: if somebody beats somebody in a game because they, they maybe forgot to take Dallas out of there or something because Dallas was very playable last week against yeah. Cincinnati, right? So you're playing somebody... Who maybe didn't even realize he made the semifinals? Maybe he won on a stack correction. <laughs> this this person just living a charmed life. He's got CeeDee Lamb, the Dallas defense, you know, going against you, and, and he wins that way with a double count touchdown. So, um, you know, Dalton's a perfectly you know, acceptable um professional quarterback if you need him. Hurts uh, is the outlier here, as we talked about up front. Uh, then I would go with Trubisky just because Jacksonville's such a, a get-right matchup. Mayfield is the floor play here. Uh, Marriott is perfectly acceptable in super flex and, and Dalton, I guess is just maybe a, a poor man's Mayfield. Although if, if Philadelphia doesn't get healthy in the secondary, you could bump up Dalton.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And obviously, again, Jalen Hurts is the is the priority, I think, of anybody that we're going to be talking about in this show. I mean, obviously you want to fill whatever position it is where you have a desperate need. But Jalen Hurts, just one more time, even to keep him away from an opponent's roster, it is somebody that you just need to go all in on. Let's uh let's shift to running back. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the rare step of mentioning a couple guys who are actually over the fifty percent rostered threshold because I think we just need to throw them out there. And I've I've seen each of them in uh, in a handful of my leagues uh, become available. Uh, either they were available two days ago, or they are where they are still available. And that's uh, that's Jeff Wilson and Le'Veon Bell. I just think we need to to discuss them probably at the top. Um, probably gone. Like the the roster percentages would tell you that they're probably gone in your league. Wilson is fifty six percent rostered. Le'Veon is fifty. Three percent roster. I actually feel like the situation with Le'Veon is one where, in in more competitive leagues, he might be more likely to be out there on the wire. Because if you're you're in a league that's fairly casual, um, maybe a handful of deadbeat teams. They go for the brand name. They're unwilling to drop him when he had virtually no playability for fantasy purposes. But I feel like in some of the more competitive leagues, he might actually be out there because you were more willing to kick him to the curb. Well, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire suffered an ugly-looking injury on on Sunday. And it is almost certainly going to mean that we're going to see a lot of Le'Veon Bell moving forward. So, obviously, you're talking about a a high-volume back tied to the Kansas City offense. That sounds like a pretty good recipe.
0: Right, against the Falcons is— a positive matchup, you would think. A couple of touchdowns last week for Leonard Fournette. Not that he did much of anything else. He kind of did the Todd Gurley, you know, where I can fall over from the one-yard line and end up in the paint. Unfortunately, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is as great as he is. I don't think right now he's the type of quarterback when plays break down that looks to dump off to the running back. One of my favorite plays of last week was Drew Brees. A play broke down. And Octavius Murray had the wonderful awareness to break off, he, he was in pass pro, the play had broken down, you know, bodies are all over the place, and, and Murray goes, oh, okay, if I, if I sneak out here, Brees is going to see me, he's going to float a pass to me, and then Murray took it to the house, you know, for like a 25-yard touchdown or something. I mean, that's just two guys who have played together. That's, you know, that's the two guys who know each other's moves on the basketball court, you know, that was a really pretty pretty play, but you know, Mahomes, I think, when plays break down, doesn't look to do, not that he can't do that, and Mahomes is the, the best player in the league, I don't think anybody disputes that, but I always feel like he's going for the kill shots downfield. And so maybe Le'Veon Bell doesn't have a ton of receiving equity in this game. But still, he's going to get 15 to 20 touches. It's still an Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes offense. Yep. It's still the Falcons. And I don't expect that the Chiefs will have anybody else get a bunch of touches. The problem with Wilson, who I like a lot, and I think the Niners like a lot, is that even with Raheem Mostert, you would think probably not going this week. I
1: mean, I love Mostert, but he's got a lot of physical problems. He seems to take a lot of punishment.
0: You, you, can only, you can only
1: injure the same ankle so many times in a season before maybe it's time to pack it in.
0: Such a shame. I love that guy. And, of course, the Niners were eliminated. Not that they were going to the playoffs probably, but they were finally taken out of playoff contention, which sometimes can be the determining factor in whether or not players go. So Wilson, yeah, he's going to be their goal back probably. He's probably going to be their heaviest touch guy, but there's so many other running options that they have that I feel like Wilson may could easily land on 13 to 15 touches and not maybe the 20 that Bell will probably get. Because Kyle Shanahan will have some other back he's just dying to give 13 touches to. <laughs> That's just kind of how they roll uh, with San Francisco. Now the good thing is Arizona. They play at a fast pace and they score a lot of points, and their defense has a lot of holes in it. So Arizona turns they've turned into kind of a carnival team where it's a lot of 36, 30, 33 games there. So if you just look at the point grab and the yardage grab, I can get it with Wilson. I'm going to lean Bell if, if for the two guys here if you had a shot at either one of them, but I think both of them should be rostered everywhere. Uh, again, if you're not going to play him, at least don't get beat by them. And and I, I guess Tony, even Tony Pollard, I think, would maybe belong in this conversation if we had clarity on the Ezekiel Elliott injury. Pollard just had the best game anybody's had in the, in the Dallas backfield all year. He caught six passes, ran one in short, uh, ran the longer touchdown. I, I know he didn't have the greatest yards per carry before that second touchdown, but He's passed the eye test all year. He's been more efficient than <laughs> I mean, than
1: that, that second, I'll just say that second touchdown, the 40-yard touchdown was was the best run I saw all day. Um, it was Yeah, he bounced off the whole he,
0: team photo. He, right? he was he engulfed by
1: a cloud of Niners and spun his way out of it and then sprinted to the end zone. I mean, he was great. 132 total yards, a couple of touchdowns. It, it, it was just an absolutely great game. I don't know why they sprinkled in carries for players that um, were little known to the rest of us, um, but they did. Uh, still, it ended up being a great workload, and that that forty yard run was just phenomenal.
0: And he got the six catches too, which means he's probably mm-hmm.
1: game script safe. Even if Philadelphia opens up a lead,
0: Pollard will be on the field. Unfortunately, they they have ninety million reasons why Ezekiel Elliott's not going anywhere. In fact, his extension hasn't even started. Yep, and uh, it already looks like an albatross. But I'm excited about Pollard, and you mentioned that touchdown run. A lot of times, late late game touchdown runs are. The defense can't wait to get on the bus soon enough, okay? the Devin Sing- If you lost to Devin Singletary's touchdown run at Denver <laughs> where the Broncos' defense was like, you know, after the first three yards of resistance, like, okay, that, that's enough for us. We're, we're going to call it a day. There, there were like two and months Singletary- there
1: where we were seeing one of those against the Dallas defense absolutely every week. Right. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, Ken- Kenyon Drake, Drake on Monday night, right? Yeah. You know, I I spent two hours making fun of the guy, and then he's breaking off a 65-yard touchdown run, and all the Drake people are spiking on me. You know me. I've been a Chase Edmonds sympathizer all year. Of course, if I had started in one of my semifinal games in my desperate backfield, um, I would have been better off. But, you know, I I couldn't figure out what's going on in Miami. We'll get to them in a second. But, yeah, so Wilson and Bell. I go Bell before Wilson. Then i got to talk about Pollard. And then I see see Salvin Ahmed. Um, I, I Credit you for being the first person I knew of in the industry who actually realized it was Ahmed and not Ahmed. <laughs> He's a good player, man. And I he wanted, I had, in, in one of the my semifinal games, I had every Miami running back this side of Larry Zonka, but Mercury Morris, uh, you know, but I didn't know who to play. And I knew Ahmed was coming back, but he was coming off an injury and your breeder was there. And I, I don't know. I, I, did, I couldn't get to Ahmed. I actually played Lynn Bowden because I thought he had a, a solid floor, and I'll stand behind that. But Ahmed looked terrific. He ran with a lot of power, I thought. I think he's somebody they can use at the goal line, although Tua will steal some of those goal line touches. And you would think against a Vegas team that is a really good matchup, like, uh, you know, they can't really stop anybody. They, they fired their coordinator 10 days ago or whatever it was. It's never a good sign. So I think Miami probably could put up 30 points in this game. I would think Ahmed would be featured after the game he showed
1: last week. We didn't we didn't talk about Tua with the quarterbacks, but uh, like another, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a miracle that Miami pulled that. I mean, Miami's a good team, obviously, a really good team with a great defense. Um, a lot of the talk leading up to the New England game, of course, was this was oh here's Bill Belichick, he's going to feast on another rookie quarterback, and Tua had nothing. He had nothing. He had nothing. He had no Parker. He had no Gasecki, He had no Grant. Um, Preston Williams been out for a while. Um, he had nothing and he still ran for two touchdowns. He found a little something with Bowden. Um, what, what like what, you know, I don't know. He's, I can't really recommend him as a, as a strong ad because his receiving core is, he's n- not even close to what his receiving core was at Alabama as a college player. Um, like literally, but I, you know, just a really impressive performance from him, one week after, uh, he he went over 300 passing yards and had three combined touchdowns. So this is a nice little run for but him.
0: It is. The problem I have for Tua for fantasy purposes is that if you don't get the rushing touchdown, I think he's going to score under whatever his projection is because he just doesn't have enough help in the passing
1: game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with it. Um, but Ahmed, very impressive uh, this past week. It was 22 carries, 123 yards, a touchdown. The worry there, obviously, if you if you uh, scooped up Ahmed in advance of uh, this past week's game, is that Miles Gaskin can come back off the COVID list at some point. Presumably, yeah. hopefully, he does. Hopefully, it's this week. Um, And as soon as he gets back, I don't know, like, I don't know what that looks like. They've the tendency for Miami all year has not necessarily been committee. It has been somebody gets 20 touches. Um, And I would think that as long as Gaskin comes back healthy, that would be him.
0: Let's also remember that Brian Flores from the Bill Belichick tree. He's not handing out information. We're not going to see the NFL insider, you know, tweet on game day of like, oh, Miami wants, you know, Ahmed to get another 20 carries. They've made that a priority this week. Brian Flores and company are not telling us anything. We're lucky they concede when the game is, you know. (laughs) Brian Flores will not, you know, it's like Doug Peterson, right? He's like after after that loss uh, in Week 15. He's like, Oh "Who's your starting oh quarterback? Is going to be Hurts gosh. again?" Can't say it. Can't go there. You know, I'll don't get the tape. I can't believe I you didn't know? mention Carson that. Carson Wentz showed me a lot in the sidelines in, in Week 15. As if
1: Stop they, it. as if they have to go to the tape. As if, as if maybe Nate Sudfeld is still in the mix or something. Like, what the hell? You, you seriously? You can't name Jalen Hurts your starting quarterback after that. Also,
0: game? also speak, speaking of which, when is Belichick going to make the change? Right? I mean, Cam Newton. Yeah, we, we're three months removed from the Patriots are brilliant. Everybody else is stupid. Now Cam Newton, Newton looks shot. I, I don't know why they don't want to play Jared Stidham. I, I guess they're just afraid of a a nation of stardom or Stidham puns, which would be horrible. <laughs> I admit uh, I've already used that line before. Pro- probably lost, you know, 500 Twitter followers that day. Deservedly so.
1: Not, you're the Patriots. He doesn't look you're great in small doses. I don't know. I'm not I'm not dying to see Stidham. Are, are New England fans itching to see him? I want them to lose both
0: their games, especially so the Jets get worse draft position and New England moves up. Maybe they can sneak. And they have a lot of draft capital after the first round. I wonder if they, if New England could sneak into, I don't know, like a 12th or 13th slot and maybe they could package something to move into the top 10 and get somebody they were excited about. Maybe Fields will have another poor game and then he could somehow be available to the Patriots if they could move up to like seven or eight. Um, I don't know dare to dream right
1: but it's a it's a discussion for a different day but I think I think they've got a lot of like money under the cap too right like they, oh, yeah. they got a lot to yeah, spend
0: Bob craft Bob craft is not one who pushes up against the cap generally
1: yeah
0: uh, speaking of the Patriots we should also mention Sony Michelle and but just know what you're getting when you roster Sony Michelle He's get 23 career catches <laughs> and Cam is there still their goal line back yeah I, and look, I want to say this. Look, Cam is a tough guy. He has taken punishment his entire career, and he's taken a lot of punishment this year behind a makeshift offensive line. They no longer have Dante Scarnecchia, the offensive line wizard. But unfortunately, if you if you play Michelle, you better get a hundred yards and maybe a touchdown because you're you're not going to get anything in the pass game. And again, if New England runs a touchdown in, I always expect it's going to be Cam and James White will still be around to pick up some scraps. So Michelle, to me, is a fallback. And if you weren't going to play Michelle, he's not so good that I would be necessarily blocking people to Michelle. I, I, was, I almost my dare. I was just going to the say the same thing. Go this ahead, is, beat me with Sony Michelle.
1: Yeah, this is not somebody that I would I would step in and make sure that my opponent couldn't fire up Sony Michelle against me. I'm not there. Uh, also, I don't I don't think we know the state of Damian Harris's ankle, right? It was really That's Harris being point. out. Yeah, they to, they really
0: like Harris. He's a good player. Although although what he really is is you know the good version of Michelle because he doesn't catch the ball either. I think yeah. I think Harris maybe could catch it. But for whatever reason, they don't want to throw him the ball, so it hasn't been a part of his game yet.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the that's kind of the running back landscape. Again, I I consider Wilson and Bell to be in a in a different I don't know, not necessarily a different tier, but but uh, they're just over fifty percent rostered. I get it. Maybe they're not out there in your setup, um, but Bell is is to me the pretty clear priority here, along with Pollard. Uh, and and well, let, I let think me say
0: one him. other thing too, Andy. I think Pollard shows. I mean, I get it. Everybody has different levels of engagement with fantasy and. You need to spend time on your real life and, you know, you don't want to be grinding (laughs) this stuff seven days a week. But once Zeke was ruled out, I mean, Pollard should have been scooped up everywhere. I'm I'm surprised he didn't go over the 50% threshold just because we we know he's good. He's been more efficient than Zeke all year. He was going to have a projectable workload. I know the Niners have a, a pretty good defense, but it's not like they were a prohibitively staunch defense that you couldn't start somebody against. It just shows also this year, the cadence of this year, right? With unfortunately with COVID and with games getting postponed, rescheduled, with news breaking potentially any day of the week, any time of the day, it just shows the, the importance of you know you you really need to follow, have a couple of key follows on Twitter. I mean, I hope you follow all of us at Yahoo, but you know, you have to follow a couple of NFL insiders. And I think if you're taking this seriously, if you got some money on the line or something, you really have to have that window. You know, I would hope you're watching Fantasy Football Live before um, kickoff, or you know, you're asking. The, uh, the Twitter lackey that I am a question maybe in the start-sit segment. But, you know, I think that those 90 minutes kind of need to be sacred because so much
1: happens there that is actionable. I will say one thing um, that, that happened with Pollard, and I generally, in preparation to try to get the pickups column out as soon as possible on a Monday, like on the weekend, I'll start to put together a little list of names that I think might pop or might be the players that I want to write about. And before the you know before the Zeke news hit on Sunday – I'm putting together that list of names on, on Saturday afternoon, and Tony Pollard is just always on it because I always mention him somewhere in the pickups column because, of course, a situation like this could pop. It's not like you don't need to be an expert to see that he's a pretty good running back, and the Dallas situation could, could perhaps be ripe. So he's just been in there all the time. He was, only, um, he was just under 25% rostered, which to me just seems crazy low. Given that Zeke Elliott is like ninety nine percent, a hundred percent rostered, right? Like he's and Zeke was already hurt. Um, Pollard the missed cl- the full week of practice. He didn't practice yeah, all week yeah. too. Now, here is another thing too: when
0: a player doesn't practice, I don't care that Mike McCarthy talked talked it up like he was going to play. Yeah, it's hard for somebody. There there are rare exceptions that a player will go when he misses practice. When somebody misses friday practice or misses the full week of practice that those are alarm bells that should be going off or or whatever turns into the friday version i know there are saturday games this week so that becomes a thursday practice is, is part of the cadence but pay attention to who practices late in the week Everybody skips yeah. wednesday you you know you you cough a little bit they don't want you to come into practice on wednesday if you're in your 30s i don't think you're allowed to practice on wednesday it's like an nfl rule but pay attention to those friday practices and pay attention to
1: those guys who don't practice all week because Generally speaking, those guys don't play. Yeah, that's that's very well said. So so he's at about twenty five percent rostered, and then on Sunday, in the blink of an eye, he he went to uh, excuse me went to forty five percent rostered, and that's you know that like that's tens of thousands of leagues. That's obviously a lot of people taking quick action. We don't usually see a spike in in roster percentage like that. So uh, I, I was just surprised that he was so um, widely available. On a Sunday morning, um, when Zeke had had barely budged like all week, so that that's a big part of it. The, I didn't win the race to Pollard anywhere, but I already had him stashed in in three different places, and he's obviously going to be a, a key contributor to to any roster that advances.
0: And you know, Andy, he gets so such moderate usage at Memphis that you look at the mileage between him and, and Elliot. You know, if Elliot didn't have the extension, I think Dallas would be moving on from Elliot. You know, but uh, unfortunately, he does. But this guy's got, this is a, uh, a guy with low miles, he's basically like a new car getting out of the shop. I'm really excited to see what Pollard can do if he's featured again this week.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like you see people on Twitter all the time say, "Oh, I think you know Pollard's running better than Zeke." None of that's going to matter. Like they they got a deal with Zeke that they can't get out of, and it's it's too much. You can't like throw that much in a salary cap league. You can't throw that kind of money at somebody that you're that you're not playing as a full timer. So, uh, the unfortunate thing with Pollard is that I fully expect that when Zeke gets back, it's it's Zeke's gig. And, uh, and, and Pollard is the, is the caddy again. Well, let's, let's get to the wide receivers because I think we have some pretty fun names here. And the, the discussion that you and I were having on, on Twitter on a Monday morning was actually about Richard Higgins, who um, I, I've just I've just been super impressed by. It. Um, not that he's not that he's Odell Beckham, not that he's some Beckham replicant or anything like that. But you, you look at the production that Beckham was giving you over the first six weeks of the season prior to the injury. Um, It is it is the same like Higgins has stepped into that fully. He's not seeing as many targets per game. Beckham was seeing about seven targets per game, which is, uh, you know, lighter than he would like. But it's not like he was complaining necessarily. Um, Higgins is getting about five and a half and they're getting the same. they're, They're catching the same number of balls for each of them in those stretches. The last eight weeks for Higgins, the first six weeks for Beckham. It's, it's 3.8 receptions per game. Um, for Beckham, it was about 53 yards per game. For Higgins, it's 61 yards per game. Higgins is destroying him in terms of yards per target. He's just in a really good stretch here. And his, his last three games, I, I mentioned earlier that Baker is averaging like 325 passing yards over his last three. Well, Higgins has 16 catches, 239 receiving yards in that stretch. Um, totally looks the part. Again, I'm not I'm not saying he's like a 14 or 15 million dollar player like Beckham. Like in there, it it may well be that in a different offense, different quarterback, I don't know, different system altogether that Odell Beckham could could get back to being the sort of supernova level star that we saw early in his career. I don't even say any of this to demean him. I'm just I'm super impressed by what Higgins is doing in that offense. And I think he needs to be rostered right now. He's got a game coming up with the Jets. He's my top priority at wide receiver.
0: Yeah, the Jets better in run defense and pass defense. I think a big mistake the Rams made in that game is they, they focused on the short passing, and they just didn't, they really didn't want Goff to hold the ball that long. And I think the intermediate throws will be available. And you know, with Mayfield playing so well with this Stefanski offense, I mean, Stefanski and, and Mayfield right now are like they're at the craps table, and every every chip they put down is hitting yeah. right now. So you know, it's such timing and confidence are wonderful things in a passing game. I would think Higgins is in a good spot. The other guy who I, I'm proactively adding this week, and I know you have him on the script Is you know, Russell Gage, I apologize to anybody I told not to play him this week. I was just worried about touchdown equity. And then of course, you know, Gage has a touchdown, like 10 minutes into the game, but at least Matt Ryan has started to look like an NFL quarterback again. Um, at least he did last week. Uh, they, they're, maybe they're finding out how to best play without Julio. Now the key with Gage is you need to know that Julio's out of the game because if Jones is there, it just, he's the third receiver on an offense is maybe mid level, but, um, because he started to find the end zone lately, Gage, you, know, you, you always worry about those slot guys. You know, Kiki Cutie's another slot receiver. He's got three touchdowns in five weeks. He also has a two-point catch in that spot. And even Greg Ward, right, 5'11", 190, he's been the touchdown guy with Jalen Hurts. He's got three touchdowns with Hurts in like two and a half games. So you know, a lot of times I look at some of these players and think, oh, well, slot receiver, those are easier catches, but they're shorter catches. A lot of times they don't score touchdowns. You think of Julian Edelman's career. It just never had a lot of touchdowns tied to it. But, uh, you know, re- slot receivers, Gage, Cutie and Ward will, will all be uh, among my priority uh, attachments
1: this week, depending on what I need. Yeah, Ward didn't actually see a ton of targets, but obviously two touchdown catches, and he's tied to a Jalen Hurts led offense. And if I'm ranking Jalen Hurts as either my number one or my number two fantasy quarterback for the week, I got to feel pretty good about about Greg Ward. Other guys that I've got that I've got on the list here, and again, I, I agree with you on Russell Gage. I'd really only be interested in him if and when we learn that uh, Julio Jones isn't going to be able to go. But he's I, like it. As you as you mentioned, it's it's great to see Matt Ryan actually perform in a game without Julio because at times that offense just looks like they've they've all just met for the first time that morning um, when Julio Jones isn't on the field, right? And the the career split for Matt Ryan really confirms it when he doesn't have Julio versus when he does have Julio, it's really bad. Um, it's a it's a huge gap. What so. We
0: should point out that for whatever reason, Calvin Ridley seems to smash when Julio doesn't play. Yeah. I guess it's just the opportunity bounces up so much. And you know, Ridley is a special first-round talent, you know, like, like Julio, Alabama product. But um, it's nice to see them look like a competent football team. Of course, you know, the, the Brady-Ryan game ended like all Brady-Ryan Falcon games ends. You know, the <laughs> second half was dominated by the Bucks and Brady and all that. Um, and, and then... What was with the Patriots? The Patriots. What was with the Buccaneers getting that fourth, that the third down? and short, it's like, oh no, no, you made it. I know, I know. it oh, the ball gosh. is short yeah. of the chain, and everybody can see that. And this didn't look like a first down run on the tape. Ah, eh, just give it to him. Game over.
1: Um, like weirdly good game for for Ryan too, by the way. So I'm I'm looking at his line from that game right now. Uh, three fifty six through the air, three touchdowns. Um, and that was that was like a week after that. That miserable Chargers game where both teams were just trying to hand it to the opponent. Um, I mean, Ryan was terrible a week before. Three three interceptions that looked like rookie year interceptions. And, And then he was just great against Tampa.
0: It's a dance of the recently eliminated. You know, I had Ryan in a super flex league, Hayden Hurst in a tight end premium league. Both do just about nothing against the Chargers. And the Chargers defense usually will escort you anywhere in the field you'd like to go. But they did nothing in week fourteen, and then of course you know Hayden Hurst back in the end zone, Matty Ice back you know in our fantasy good graces one week too late for one of my super flex teams. Um, you know, I, I talked earlier about the need to get running quarterbacks. I've always been like kind of a Ryan sympathizer of oh if you're just going cheap at quarterback dra- draft Matt Ryan you know a, a cheap DFS option whatever. I think he's in a bad spot now where he doesn't have enough upside with his arm, and he's never going to run. The good thing is if if you're playing in something like a a best ball, Matt Ryan will always play 16 games because he never gets hurt. He gets rid of the ball. He's not taking on extra hits. But I think he's the kind of player who's becoming maybe obsolete. He's going to be obsolete. We're not going to see Matt Ryan types in five or ten years, not that many of them, because the question is going to be how athletic are you? Can you make a play out of structure? And that's always been the kind of one thing that Matt Ryan didn't
1: have is he's not as athletic as some of these other guys, not as proactive to run. It is going to be an interesting conversation we, when we get into ranking for 2021 because really, don't, we're using Matt Ryan as the example, but it got, we could be talking about Tom Brady. We could be talking about any of a variety of quarterbacks. Yeah, like you've you've got to have a plausible path to like 48, like 4,000 passing yards is is a, is nice. That's like a cute number, um, but it's, it doesn't really get you into the QB one discussion, right? You've got to have a path to like. 4840 touchdowns uh, if if we're gonna think about you as a, as a potential top 10 fantasy QB if you can't run like if if I if I can't imagine you rushing for 45 60 yards in any given week um, you've just got to have insane historic passing stats or maybe just the wherewithal to to take that
0: cheap you know t- we saw Ryan Tannehill in week 15 get a couple of touchdown runs with right. his athleticism with his resourcefulness. There have been years where Brady has been proactive with the sneaks, and he's gotten you know three to five rushing touchdowns. So that, that's something. I don't think they do that a lot with Ryan with the Falcons. I know they never do it. In fact, not only do they not do it with Rivers, they actually outsource that job to <laughs> Jacoby Reset. So that, we didn't talk about Rivers this week. He's probably widely available. But the problem is with Rivers, you just always you're playing for a single with Rivers. You're hoping yeah. for two sixty-five and two you're never going to get 404. Yeah, exactly.
1: And we're, we're not really in the time of year when it is appropriate to, to add a player hoping that you might get 225 and two touchdowns. That's just not that's just not going to win week 16 for you against a really, really good roster. Um, so anybody else at wide receiver? Um, I don't know if I mentioned him. Tyron Johnson has a matchup with Denver coming up, and he's obviously been a nice fill-in for the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen is banged up. Mike Williams has been banged up. And Johnson has has touchdowns in his last two games. It's been really productive. Uh, we've mentioned Lynn Bowden a couple of times. He's he's coming off a game in which he caught six of his seven targets. Looked really good. Um, not a lot of yardage there, but he's like the last man standing in that re- in that receiving court, which matters a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, probably not a lot of touchdown equities. you're probably playing for a single. With I, I believe it's Bowden. I, I did a deep dive into his tape last week, and I, I believe it's Lynn Bowden. Even though I want to say Bowden like Bobby Bowden, but I believe it's Bowden. Here's a fun stat with the Chargers. They've completed nine 50-yard passes this year, which is – you know Herbert, of course, completed all of them. Tops in the league. Eight of those nine have either gone to Tyron Johnson or Jalen Guyton, both yeah. of whom yeah. I'm totally willing to sign off on as long as we get some clarity on Keenan Allen. The problem with that last week is that if you wanted to play Tyron Johnson, which I was tempted to in a couple of my deeper leagues – to go for, for Johnson and heads uh, a shout out to James co who's, who's a friend of Yahoo who picked up Jalen Guyton and started him against me in a game that I'm probably going to lose in part because Guyton had a couple of big cat just missed two touchdowns. He had tackled, I think the one yard line on one play and he had a ball in the end zone that he just couldn't secure to the ground, but it looked like what a great throw by Herbert too. So they get these guys involved deep and you might even say, okay, maybe this ties more to Williams because he's the deep play guy there. You know, maybe if we know Williams is, is compromised and not starting they're not dressed for the game. Then Johnson or Guyton could go. Uh, Herbert wants to throw the ball intermediate and deep. He's another guy when the play breaks down. He's not looking for the short pass, yeah. although he could throw it to Eckler. He's looking to, to kill you with something downfield. So uh, to Johnson and Guyton are interesting to me. I just need one of the players above them to be unavailable. And they'll also be really fun speculation plays next year as their roster might get a little bit tidier. Um, because, again, they're, they're getting downfield and they're making splashy plays.
1: You and I are both of a generation that uh, appreciates a good Chargers-Raiders game, and uh, I liked it. I liked it this last week. Um, that was fun. Like, Herbert had a hell of a game. It was It was kind of fun uh, watching Mariota come on and play reasonably well. I needed a decent week out of Josh Jacobs and got it. So it's just, like, it's nice when the Chargers and Raiders are good and that rivalry means well, something.
0: You know why I also felt like a throwback game? Because John Gruden's wearing an Oakland Raiders hat. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I... I what Anthony Lynch should have done to upstage Gruden is he should have worn a San Diego Chargers hat. Oh, the move huh, would have yeah, been all set, started. you know? That would have been perfect. What a troll move that would have been. Okay, you want to go back to Oakland? I'm going back to San Diego. Take that.
1: We'll move on to tight end here, and I just I don't have anything nice to say about any tight end, Scott. Um, I, I streamed Irv Smith in a couple of places. Irv dropped a touchdown. It wasn't his best game. It could have been a decent day for Irv Smith. Literally... Every other tight end that I considered before adding Irv Smith scored a touchdown this past week. Anybody else that I might have streamed, anybody I might have considered, um, did find the end zone. Among those, Dawson Knox, Austin Hooper, Who else scored? Uh, Jordan Reed scored. Like Hirsch scored. Everybody else I was looking at, other than Irv Smith, actually managed to catch their touchdown pass. I did not get one from Irv, so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit vexed by that. Um, I don't know who do you like at tight end this week. Yeah,
0: I, I played Irv Smith over Logan Thomas, who I love. But I was so afraid of Dwayne Haskins unplugging that offense. And, and Haskins really didn't play well. It's just he threw 55 passes Huge or whatever volume. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say this about Haskins. At least he threw almost every pass to the three players that we care about in that <laughs> offense. He threw a lot to McL- double-digit targets for McLaurin, McKissick, and Thomas. But when I saw Thomas's final line and I saw Irv Smith drop a touchdown pass and I saw – Uh, To add insult to injury, Minnesota threw a touchdown pass to the other tight end, Conklin. Yes, yeah. Um, He caught a touchdown. I also needed Kirk Cousins to throw the ball. I, I was rolling out Irv Smith and Adam Thielen. Thielen did have a touchdown, but he finished the game with three targets. So, you know, Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's just good enough to lose with. Just when you accept that Kirk Cousins is really good. Then he takes a step backwards. It's like ah, maybe Kirk Cousins isn't that good. It's, it's interesting that our colleague Matt Harmon was comparing Baker Mayfield to Kirk Cousins because I'm not sure if that's meant as like a – is that a, a gift or a bug, a feature or a gift? <laughs> or a, a, a feature or a bug I should say. You know, are you being nice to him are you giving him a left-handed compliment? So I will not recommend Irv Smith this week. You're on your own with him. Look, Hooper scored two or three games. Uh, Breaker spreading his wings. Dawson Knox has touched down in three of his last four games. And, you know, he's never going to be the priority of coverage because they have such wonderful receivers in Buffalo. Also should mention Dan Arnold, who has some touchdown equity. I think it's four touchdowns in five weeks for him. And he didn't score last week, but he had 54 yards. They don't have great passing options. I know Fitzgerald scored last week, but they don't have who kind of runs like a tight end right now. Arnold's six six two twenty. I know all, every tight end is going to be oversized, but I feel like he's a particular matchup problem. A couple of his touchdowns have been athletic highlight film plays. I, I would be fine rolling out. I think Arnold first, Knox second, and Hooper third,
1: but they're, they're all options for me in an Irv Smith-less world. Hooper, I should mention, um, he, he's a little bit more heavily rostered than the rest of these guys. But Hooper gets a matchup with the Jets. And the Jets have allowed 13 touchdown receptions to opposing tight ends so far this season. It is it is the they best.
0: They even resuscitated Tyler Higby back to life after Higby. And yes, they did. Yes, two they months did. off,
1: right? Just, Higby looked like the guy we were excited about. D- despite Jared Goff doing everything he could to uh, uh I don't know, make sure that the Jets didn't land Trevor Lawrence. Uh Higby still had himself had himself a day. Um this didn't is he wild- hate the body
0: language on cough Goff just looked defeated that whole game too. He looked confused. Yes. He looked like like he had found out like somebody had told him that the the sports car he had just bought you know that contained his new puppy. You know it had gone missing before the game. You know he just looked really out of sorts. I don't know. It was unsettling to me.
1: I'm I'm actually shake. So I've got um I'm I'm gonna make the the finals in Jake Sealy's uh, flex league. It's a super flex. And uh, I've got a I've got a second quarterback choice between Kirk Cousins, who has a a pretty dicey matchup against uh, New Orleans in one of the early games, too. I hate having guys go in the early games. Um, And and I've also got like Christmas Day, Christmas Day, the, the choice, the choice for this spot is Kirk Cousins or it's or it's Jared Goff who's got Seattle, which, you know, on paper, hey, that looks like a great matchup, except that Seattle's played a little bit better lately. And my God, Jared Goff is coming off just one of the worst games that uh, that I've seen all season.
0: Yeah, did um, Seattle hadn't allowed a passing touchdown to a receiver in five weeks. I don't think a Washington football teamer got a touchdown <laughs> uh, in week 16, So in week 15. So that's six straight games. It's been, they've hit every green light, right? I mean, yeah. they, they played the Giants with their backup quarterback. They played Washington with ostensibly what, what is their backup quarterback is that Alex Smith is their best guy now, but they have fixed the defense. It just goes to show you when I look, when I look at stats, what a defense is allowed, how good is the defense? I care about what's happened more recently. I don't look, I'm not one of these full season guys. I think what happened in week one, week two, week three, I don't think that matters. Now a lot of, Stat analysts will tell you, you know, Rufus Peabody, professional handicapper, will tell you, no, you get a more accurate snapshot from the full season. I think it's always going to depend on personnel. Can you point to a line of delineation? Like, you know, why is Baker Mayfield playing so much better now? I I think you can point to, well, he's more comfortable in the scheme. It's it's helped the recent games, at least the weather hasn't been so bad. But I'm curious what you think about that. Like Seattle, if we're appraising them for a matchup, I care about what they've done recently more than, oh, in week three, you couldn't you could not throw for 400 against these guys.
1: Yeah. I think I would always take the full season into consideration and you'd wait, you know, the last, I don't know what the number is. Is it five to six weeks, something like that. And with Seattle, they've actually, they've actually made some enhancements along the way too. Right. Like they've got Dunlap now, like there's, there's, there's things that you can point to about Seattle's yeah, defense. They got, where you can they just got say, that, their, their safety back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's things you can point to and, and, and say, well, they, they should be better from this point forward. So are they? And they obviously, as you say, it's also it's also quality of opponent. And they've had some really friendly spots lately. But uh, it, it's certainly much better. Anyway, I'm I'm petrified about the notion of starting Jared Goff. Uh, in a Superflex league against uh, Seattle, which seems which seems crazy. Tell me, Scott Pianowski, who you are dropping to uh, to clear the path for any of these ads this week.
0: I'm surprised to see Michael Pittman Jr., bright future, you know, we're all aboard him in a keeper league, in a dynasty league, but just not getting a lot of work right now. He's uh, only 13 targets his last three games. We saw T.Y. Hilton That'd be really productive, I guess, for a month now. We've seen that. And then they even got, uh, Pascal, I want to say Pascal, but it's Pascal. Zach Pascal had a couple of touchdowns in Week 15. So it's an offense that kind of spreads the ball around anyway. Pittman, at best, is the third best option at the moment. 49% rostered in Yahoo. I think we can move that number down because you're not you're not playing them, I and I wouldn't be afraid to go against him. And just to put the cherry on the Sunday, they're at Pittsburgh. I know the Steelers' defense has taken some personnel hits, but that's still a tough draw. So uh, I don't think Pittman can help us anymore.
1: Yep. Fully agree with that. Um I will just throw out some random names. Um first of all, I can't wait to drop the Rams defense. I'm I'm pissed. Um I can't believe I didn't get more out of them against the Jets. Oh, I'm, I know. <laughs> I'm so mad about it and i I've matched up
0: with the I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that for like six weeks. I'm like, oh, wait till the semifinals when they put up twenty-five
1: points or two. This this drop is going to feel so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna tip a glass back uh, as I as I drop the Rams. I can't wait to do it. Same situation as you. I've been sitting on him for a month, and that's all I get. Um, that was just a miserable performance. Uh, who else? You can probably drop Taysom Hill now. He's lost his job. Drew Brees is back. Didn't look great. Uh, did throw three touchdown passes. Anyway, you can drop Taysom Hill. You can drop DeAndre Washington um, because we've seen Ahmed reclaim that job. We are probably going to see Gaskin come back. If not this week, then soon. Um, So Washington, barely a rumor at this point. Uh, Who else? What else are we dropping? Um, Uh, Breed is better than Washington, too. I mean, Breed is back. He's ahead of Washington in the depth chart as well brita's brita's season and Brita being unable to eff- like brita looked good right but it, but it wasn't actually he looks a, good for yeah, a moment. yeah I buried it but Ahmed had the hundred and uh, 100 plus yards but brita also had 80 plus yards like they ran all over New England to, I think it was 250 total rushing yards Patrick Laird got in on the party a little bit like they ran all over that team and Washington got I don't think it saw snap he certainly didn't see a touch so
0: yeah it's an easy drop, even with no corresponding ad in fact I you know, if you're going to hear this too late to to do anything, I mean, you could have dropped those guys. If you didn't start Washington, you could have dropped them on Monday for one of the Steeler backs, right? I mean, you could you – know, I'm hoping for the Benny Snell miracle, uh, McFarlane, um, maybe even Travion Williams of the Bengals, uh, see if he does anything Monday night, but – um, yeah. Washington's out of our plans.
1: Yeah. We should mention that we are recording this on a Monday just ahead of the Monday night game. Um, it's possible that Benny Snell, by the time you're hearing this, um, just went for 220 rushing yards or something like that against the Bengals defense. God, I hope so. I need it. I need it really bad. <laughs> What Like, yeah, this will be a fun thing for people to listen to, perhaps. Um, what are your needs from the Monday night game? Because um, by the time I, people I hear this, they will know if you if you got what you needed. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm going to lose and I know it. I need 36 from Ben and any of the Pittsburgh running backs. OK, I, I had Connor. I've since stashed him on IR. He's not going to play. So I have a choice. I can play Snell. I can play Samuels. I can play McFarlane. I'm going to go. Right now, Snell's in the pilot chair. Yeah. Unless I get that, you know, the NFL insider, why would Mike Tomlin tell us this? But oh, we're, you know, we're looking to get 18 touches to Jalen Samuels tonight, which, of course, never going to happen. But I think I have to just lose with Roethlisberger and Snell. I'll give you my fearless forecast Roethlisberger's going to (laughs) have 19 points, and Snell's going to have like six.
1: Yeah. um, Benny Snell, like pretty much ever since the, I mean, he was great. He was great. And like, it was opening week, right? It feels like a million years ago, but he had that really Giants. Yeah. 113.
0: He ran for a buck 13 in that game. and looked very good. And he's done nothing since he hasn't looked good since then. He's even got some charitable goal line carries and look kind of sluggish on them.
1: My needs are, uh, I need Dalton not to somehow get like 32 fantasy points from the Pittsburgh defense. Um, I feel like that's not too much to ask. I need Juju Smith-Schuster to not outscore Tyler Boyd by more than 13. Um, That seems possible. And I have a league where I just need Deontay Johnson to literally catch one pass. Um, I am 0.7 points behind the only player remaining is Deontay. um so I, ju- I just you catch you catch one ball it's a half ppr league he catches one ball for like 4 yards i've won this matchup yahoo is giving me a 17% chance to lose which um has me a little bit has me a little bit shaken right now
0: yeah some some of the ai on the percentage win lose can be a little bit wonky especially when it's a player who's not projected to score a lot of points is that a league
1: that takes away points for drops uh, thankfully, uh, no, I, I don't, is that actually, is that available anywhere? Are there any formats that allow uh, drops, drops to be tracked? Um, cause that would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Uh, you so get no, 12 of them. but I am like, I am vulnerable to the, um, first pass of the game goes to Deontay and he puts it on the ground and, um, that's it. We don't see for him for the rest of the night. So that's well, it's, out there.
0: It's going to be great when, when fantasy, when the fantasy world accepts drop passes as a way to play, when we get more bizarre with our league settings this is what we're going to face Andy it's going to be fantasy football live and you and tank and and uh, and Liz and, and and the crew are going to be out there it's gonna be like, okay uh, I'm gonna drops league uh, you know should I avoid, <laughs> is it Deontay Johnson or Eric Ebron you know who's who's the better drop play in, in week 15 and we're gonna know? be like
1: oh is it is it half point per drop is it full point <laughs> per drop is it quarter point yeah I, I kind of like
0: half point drop I think half point per drop could work you know full point would be a little bit too penal
1: but I can't. Well, I can't be, wait um, for the stats guys to all argue over what's a drop and what is what, what should have been caught, what shouldn't have been caught. Um, it's an art. There's an art to it.
0: Yeah, there'll be Sabruder tapes about yeah. You know, look look at what these were considered drops, but this pass wasn't a drop. And you know, how, how come how can the Patriots have you know no drops and everybody else <laughs> yeah, has like twenty sack exactly. drops?
1: It's going to be a lot of that. You know. All right. Well, if you kids uh, enjoy podcasts, and presumably you do because you've made it 40 some minutes into this one, um, we've got them at Yahoo Sports. Check out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler. I assume you do already. And please check out the Yahoo Sports College pod with Dan Wetzel, Pete Dammel and Pat Forty. I was just listening to it before we came on. It was it was joyous. It was riotous. It was great. They were breaking down the playoff, which is, of course, you know, the four teams that you knew were going to be in the playoff, no matter what happened this year. So that's great stuff. Follow them. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. For God's sakes, follow him. He's at Scott underscore Pianowski. Make sure you're following Scott. I am at Andy Barron's. Once more, huge thanks to Planners. Tomorrow, you're going to get some Matt Harmon. You're going to get some Dalton Del Don. They're going to take over. And then later in the week, you're going to get Scott and I again previewing matchups. But that is it for now, folks. We are out.